from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And yet there are still some really good, really experienced reporters at the Post-Dispatch that I imagine, based on what Alden did in Chicago to the Tribune, they could still find some savings on your staff. Well, yeah, you can always, you can. The question becomes how quickly is there just nothing left, though? I, you know, it's a good question because we're just about to see the end of the um, print advertising. That still pays a lot of the bills. And once that's gone, now you're down to digital subscriptions and um, you can't support a newsroom of much size uh, with a digital subscription. And eventually, if you keep cutting, nobody will, will pay for a subscription when there's no content. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week, Alden Global Capital revealed that it had made an offer to buy Iowa-based Lee Enterprises. That was huge news in St. Louis because Alden has become infamous for gutting the newspapers it purchases. And in addition to 89 other dailies, Lee Enterprises owns the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. The unsolicited offer has the Post-Dispatch newsroom feeling anxious. And joining us now with more is Jeff Gordon. He is a St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist, and he's also president of the union that represents staffers at the paper. Jeff, welcome. Yeah, I wish we were under better circumstances, but uh, glad to be here. We're happy you're here, even with these circumstances. And we're also joined today by Kayvon Mansouri. He's the investigative reporter for the Midwest Newsroom. That's a partnership between NPR and member stations to bring more investigative journalism and in-depth reporting to the region. And he's based right here in St. Louis. Kayvon, welcome. Good morning, Sarah. So, Kayvon, let's start with you. Who exactly is Alden Global Capital? So, Alden Global Capital is a hedge fund based out of New York. Um, They have, over the past decade or so, uh, made a business out of uh, purchasing uh, newspapers and uh, that are... uh, corporations that own newspapers and basically have come under having a reputation of uh, gutting those newspapers in a way of uh, decreasing staff, uh, just cutting wages altogether, and uh, their newest target seems to be uh, to take over Lee Enterprises Incorporated. So, Jeff, prior to this announcement last week that they had this unsolicited offer, did you guys have any idea that they were interested in you and interested in Lee Enterprises? Oh, sure. I mean, they've been busy. Uh, They got involved, of course, buying the Tribune Company, made a bid for Gannett before that, which the National News Guild helped uh, fend off. And they've just been, Alden's been busy. It's been on the prowl. Uh, Earlier, you know, it had purchased some stock in Lee. Uh, We thought that perhaps their interest had had waned, but then you're never completely surprised when, uh, when Alden knocks on the door, given the interest in the business. And, you know, Lee's been trying to prepare for this, has, has taken a number of steps trying to protect itself against uh, the sort of takeover. But at the end of the day, you know, Alden has a lot of the ability to get a lot of capital and has, a, has you know, been successful in many cases of takeover companies. So we're hoping for an outcome like Annette and uh, and not for an outcome like Tribune Company. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this attempt that Alden made to purchase Gannett, a very large newspaper company. The News Guild was involved in fighting that. What was the key to winning that battle with these guys? Well, their board resisted, and just as Lee's board is resisting. And the other thing that they had to hurry up and do, uh, Gannett did, or was was get another 
to merge with with the, the folks at Gatehouse, which another company that I dealt with extensively, our union has because we represent several newspapers in that chain. You know, and Mike Reed, against all odds, managed to engineer uh, a merger. He's the CEO of what was then Gatehouse. And uh, and so they had more of a, a white, I guess it would be sort of a white knight, a similar type company, the, the merger of the two. I mean, certainly Mike's known for cutting costs as well, but they were able to partner up with another firm, uh, just as really Lee earlier partnered up with uh, Warren Buffett's uh, chain uh, to get bigger. And now the question becomes, can Lee do it again with another company, or can it somehow fend off uh, Alden by itself. So, Kayvon, uh, Jeff mentioned there this plan that uh, Lee has already uh, put in place. Last week, Lee's board approved a shareholder rights plan. This is also known as a poison pill. What does that mean? So basically what what Lee is trying to do here is they're saying if Alden gets to a certain point with its share ownership, they're going to adopt a poison pill. What that means is they'll start diluting their shares, basically, by making it cheap for current share shareholders to purchase new stock. And basically, they'll, you know, to put it in the sports term, like a soccer park the bus and try to fend off Alden from making this purchase. Now, this can uh, be, it can lower the price of shares. It can make them, uh, it can be kind of a bait for more purchase. But it seems what Lee has uh, at least said uh, publicly is that this is them, their attempt to basically say, no, we don't want to be purchased. We don't want this hostile takeover. And this is their defense. So we reached out to a spokeswoman for the Post-Dispatch, and she referred comment to the corporate office in Iowa. And a spokesman there said, our company does not have any further comment beyond the public statements that have been made. Well, those public statements uh, basically have come from Lee Enterprises chairwoman Mary Junk. She announced the shareholder rights plan, the poison pill, on Wednesday. She said the plan would give the board and its shareholders time to assess Alden's proposal without undue pressure. Quote, consistent with its fiduciary duties, Lee's board has taken the this action to ensure our shareholders receive fair treatment, full transparency, and protection in connection with Alden's unsolicited proposal to acquire Lee. Now, Jeff, this is somewhat interesting here because your union has been critical in the past of Mary Junk, has been critical of Lee Enterprises. But it, I bet at this point, you're rooting hard for them to succeed here. Well, yeah, it's, it is funny because we had a, geez, we had a, a knockdown, drag out legal fight that resulted in a uh, uh, multi-million dollar settlement for uh, some retiree medical benefits that weren't paid our, our people that were promised. So we've, we've had some big battles with Lee over the years. However, uh, the Guild, our local and the National Guild, uh, considers Lee to be, as we like to say, the least terrible owner out there among the newspaper chains. And we will work with Lee. We did uh, send a letter to the board today. Uh, we published it on our website, unitedmediaguild.org, uh, and all the other guild locals have done the same. So we will work with Lee to uh, try to convince the board to continue the fight and also shareholders to uh, re reject this this push. So uh, we are on their side because Lee has made a good faith effort to keep journalism alive. Uh, they've done a lot of cost cutting, but frankly, given the state of the industry, uh, Lee's had little choice. Uh, it's the only way it could a, survive, and B, fend off people like Holden. So Lee bought the Post-Dispatch back in 2005, and it paid $1.46 billion. There are a lot of people who point to this as this was not, this did not end up being a good move for Lee, that the debt from that move is part of why they've had to engage in so much cost-cutting. Do you think they've grown to regret purchasing you guys? Um, at that price, yeah. I mean, it was a great price for Emily. 
Emily Pulitzer. <laughs> uh, who it was selling, the, the widow right, right. of, of uh, Joseph Pulitzer. A friend of the station here and a, and a friend of St. Louis, and she sold at just the right time. So they've been dealing, Lee's been dealing with that debt, obviously, the entire time. Now, to Lee's credit, it's continued to buy down or pay down the debt. And then by partnering up with Warren Buffett, I think it got back over the hurdle. You know, I think it... Um, he sold them their newspaper, his newspapers, uh, and he also loaned them the money to do it at a favorable rate. Uh, 25-year term, 8.5%, I believe, compared to the 11% plus over four years that uh, Gannett had to, Gatehouse had to get uh, to uh, buy Gannett. So, you know, yeah, at the, the timing was bad, the price was high, but you know, to Lee's credit, Lee has stayed the course and has continued to uh, put out a, the best product it could under the circumstances. And so, as you mentioned, Jeff, that product um, is, it's a much leaner operation than it used to be. And Kayvon, the big question, as I was out and about over this last weekend talking to people about this news, because of course it's the big thing everyone in St. Louis is talking about, is people are saying, how does Alden even see the Post-Dispatch and newspapers like it as a big source of revenue? How can they see this as a big profit center when newspapers are, frankly, in some trouble? What's the key to how they make this work when nobody else does? So that's kind of a big question that a lot of people are asking. When this first started, uh, this sort of uh, these purchases of newspapers, there were a lot of assets to be sold: uh, real estate, newsrooms uh, that have been owned for many years, uh, vans for deliveries, things of that nature. But over time, you know, I, as you as you noted, revenue has gone down. But the real the, the real fact of it is there's always more assets to be stripped um, to, you know and as, as as noted in the article down to the bone that's how it gets sometimes there are salaries to be cuts uh, salaries salaries to be cut excuse me and uh, just rel- in, in general more cost savings to be done now I I thought to Kathy Keeley a uh, ch- she is the chair of the free speech at um, uh, Mizzou School of Journalism and she basically kind of uh, raise the question if there are no if there's no further revenue if these things are getting down to the bare bone what is the what there is the question of why why continue doing this and i think that's a that's kind of an unanswered question at this point when when people and a lot of journalists look at what alden is doing they ask themselves why continue on this and i think kathy uh, well kathy said to me at one point well she thinks that if she were going to come up with a recipe, I believe she said, for hurting democracy or getting rid of democracy, getting rid of newspapers would be one of the first things that she did. Um, that obviously was all hypothetical, but mm-hmm. it raises an interesting question. So, Kayvon, people are worried that even beyond the desire to make money off of these newspapers, that the, that Alden is somehow um, rejoicing in, in the harm that it can do in the process, that there might be some other motivation here? Is that her suggestion? I, I don't know if it was, it's her suggestion, but perhaps her musing at it. it. It's it's certainly something people wonder, but it's hard to know. There's there's just there's always money to be made. I think that hedge funds, when they buy up these newspapers, um, it, I believe it's proven over time that that's uh, that's that that's the the scheme. But mm-hmm. it's uh it's not quite clear if they're making a if they have some sort of ulterior motive that outside of that. 
Jeff, it is interesting to think about the Post-Dispatch. I mean, those of us who knew what daily newspapers used to be like 15 years ago, it, it is sad to see how small that newspaper is today and how many experienced reporters have left. And yet there are still some really good, really experienced reporters at the Post-Dispatch that I imagine, based on what Alden did in Chicago to the Tribune, they could still find some savings on your staff. Well, yeah, you can always... You can. The question becomes how quickly is there just nothing left, though? I mean, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, obviously Lee's already sold the building uh, that the newsroom was in. It still owns a printing press, but prints the paper, the Southern Illinois, and some other things in addition to the Post Dispatch. Uh, I suppose you could sell that off and hire someone far away to print the newspaper. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the long term prognosis for a paper facing the sort of cuts and the sort of price increases that they also uh, inflict on on the readership, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's on it's just I could see four or five years from now there really wouldn't be much left at all, and uh, so that would be that would probably be the uh, not an unfair prognosis for the Post Dispatch if Alden gets its way. Why would they do that? Uh, the old burning cigar investment where they just take it and run through it and then they're done. Particularly when they have to pay, in this case, a premium to to buy it because Warren Buffett owns the debt and uh, he set up a poison pill of his own in the in the loan that says he needs to be paid a premium if somebody comes in and buys the newspaper. So, I you know it's a good question because we're just about to see the end of the um, print advertising, uh, and when that goes away, that still pays a lot of the bills. Mm-hmm. And once that's gone. Now you're down to digital subscriptions, and um, you can't support a newsroom of much size uh, with a digital subscription. And eventually, if you keep cutting, nobody will, will pay for a subscription when there's no content. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. It's um, Lee tried to prevent this by cutting as much as humanly possible and selling off buildings and running a tight ship and consolidation and all these things. But, you know, like I say, there's always one more way to, to do it. You know, uh, McClatchy is now having all the page design done overseas. You know, not just the advertising, but the actual page designs are being done like India. And so people with no idea of a ge- local geography, um, you never know what might turn up in your daily paper as a result. So as someone who loves reading the newspaper, and I like the actual print paper in my hand, this just all makes me sick. Um, Jeff, what's going through your mind when you think about your years in journalism and your years at the Post-Dispatch? Well, the, for me, I'm, I'm going to turn 65, and I've worked for a couple newspapers, and I, I went through the good times, and I've now seen the, the leaner times. And it's just being part of a sad decline of what happened. I mean, I was there when the Pulitzers really had the Post going, just like the New York Times in the Midwest. Back in the day, we were jammed full of incredible journalists. We still have highly talented people like Pulitzer Prize winner winning Tony Messenger and, and just any number of tremendous news reporters we have uncovering things. But, you know, it's just, it's sad to think back of what it was and, and really what it could still be under the right circumstances. Um, you know, we're just here to try to get last as long as we can, do the best we can for as long as we can, but it's depressing. So, yeah, depressing. That's a great word for it. Um, Kayvon, you're familiar with newspapers. Until recently, you were working for the Belleville News Democrat. You're now here uh, with NPR's Midwest Newsroom. What's going through your mind as you watch this story play out? Yeah, you know, uh, I I can't help but be sad. I I have been thumbing through the Post-Dispatch since I was a kid, and uh, I think that on a grander scheme for the entirety of the Midwest, this is... It's troubling. Uh, over in Iowa and Nebraska, there are 22 other newspapers that are owned by Lee. Uh, and as I spoke to a few other people over the, over there um, from news guilds, 
there's a lot of trepidation that there's a serious concern that if Alden comes in and slashes these newspapers, that there will be a huge uh, hole, uh, a giant news desert in those states. And that's something that we're seeing more and more throughout the country, these news deserts where there people don't have any access to local news and I think, uh, as I spoke with Kathy Keeley, as I mentioned earlier, she said when there's news deserts, that means that there's all sorts of room for malfeasance and uh, corruption, and uh, no one's held accountable, especially in government agencies. So I think that if we were to lose the Post-Dispatch, we wouldn't have, uh, or we would not lose the Post-Dispatch, but if it were to be cut in such a way, we would lose so much important reporting and investigation that happens here in St. Louis, and I think that would be felt um, by everyone, every single community uh, here in St. Louis. Jeff, we know what Lee Enterprises is doing in response to this. They've got this whole poison pill shareholders' rights effort. Is there anything that the average subscriber, reader of this newspaper can do at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, just support this this effort. I, I don't know how many people own Lee stock, but <laughs> hang on to it. Uh, buy, buy some more. Be prepared to vote for the right people. Uh, Alden's going to run people for the board to try to wedge its way into managing the company that way. We want to vote for the right people. But just, uh, you know, send... Just uh, support the paper and understand that the, the journalists on the ground are, are working with the company to try to uh, to try to just maintain this 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 product to try to maintain good strong local journalism here. You know we're we're really proud of what we're able to do with the people that we have and the work we've done was whether it's uh, Steve Stanger whether it's the the, the debtor prisons around our state, Tony Messenger's uh, reporting on. I mean all the things that have happened reporting on the coronavirus and all the social unrest. Things we've been busy the last few years, mm-hmm. and these, you know, it's important. And, and you know, again, and without local journalists uh, doing their job, who knows <laughs> what what governments will do, what uh, uh, what schools will do, what police will do, what any anybody will do, businesses will do, because there's nobody paying attention. Well, Jeff Gordon, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, again, I wish you were under better circumstances. And Jeff is a St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist. He's also president of the News Guild chapter uh, that represents Post-Dispatch staffers. And Kayvon Mansouri, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and also wishing was under better circumstances. One of these days, we'll get some happy news on this show, I promise. Uh, <laughs> Kayvon <laughs> is an investigative reporter for NPR's Midwest Newsroom. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.